All right, everybody, welcome to a episode of the Locked On Avalanche podcast, and uh, that's the ups and downs of life, Kyle. Uh, here we were getting ready to talk about a very successful trip for the Avalanche to Finland with two wins over Columbus, and then uh, we get the gut punch that the uh, the longtime running play-by-play announcer for the Colorado Avalanche, Peter McNabb, passed away. So uh, a lot to get to today. It's uh, the yin and the yang right now, the good and the bad, obviously uh, a lot to talk about. And we're going to do it all right now on Locked on Avalanche. Your Locked on Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to the Monday episode of Locked On Avalanche. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Always appreciate it. You can follow us on our social media outlets, LOP and underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram, questions, comments, concerns, opinions, Locked On Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow us over on YouTube, hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. Um, and, and you just, you know, you hate to start on a, a somber note, but um, and start the week off as bad as it could possibly be with the news of the much beloved Peter McNabb uh, passing away. And and when stuff like this happens, man, like, I, and I always do this, especially with like celebrities and athletes, you always just feel like they're going to pull through. Yeah. And, and, you know, he, it was well known that he had the cancer diagnosis last year and never never took a day. Well, I mean, he took days off when he needed to, but I should say he ne- never stopped working. Um, and even after the ads won the Stanley cup, we were like, would he kind of retire after that kind of like sail off into the sunset on, on a victor on a Stanley cup winning team, or at least calling the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just not Peter McNabb. He loved the sport way too much to do that. And, you know, you, you felt like he was, he, he overcame. I mean, word came out that he did or the like, cancer was in remission. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, it came back in some force um, to to take him away from the Avalanche franchise and the Avalanche fans. It's just a sad, sad day because he's not going to be around anymore. And that's really sad. I've to be honest with you, I have literally shed tears many times today. Like this <laughs> is a. Uh... It's he's not just a big member to the Avalanche. Like he's he's part of that clip of climbing into the stands and fighting fans with a shoe. And when he <laughs> played for the Bruins and used to be affiliated with the Devils for a little while, and then he's been the voice of the Avalanche ever since they've been in Denver. And it's just one of those things that he's a huge loss to not just the Avalanche but the hockey community and for Avalanche fans going forward you're going to realize how much of a part every game he like he meant to you like he yeah. was he's the voice of the avalanche whether he was on um the broadcast if he was in the in the studio whatever form he was there even on the radio when i think it was last year when like NBC or the year before when NBC would take over playoff coverage he would be in the booth with Connor like he uh-huh. couldn't stay away from the game. And he's just that voice that you just kind of hear, and you're like, oh, Avalanche must be on. Now that's gone. And it's a big part 
of Avalanche game day that we are going to greatly miss because he honestly feels like family. It's it's going to be so weird. You know, he, yeah. he missed a couple games, like you said, here and there. Um, maybe when it was at his worst or he had a treatment to do or whatever the case may be. But, you know, he never came out and said, like, I can't do it anymore. I'm going to retire. You would have completely understood if he could do that. But everything that you're hearing right now, if you're following social media and whatever you're on, what everybody's saying is like he had just this genuine love for the game where he never wanted to be away from it. So it doesn't surprise me that he he didn't retire when he got a cancer diagnosis or he didn't retire when the Avalanche won a Stanley Cup and it could have been this John Elway set, set off into the sunset mode. He, he absolutely loved the game. And I say this all the time, and I told you when, when uh, I had Connor McGahee on years ago, a couple years ago, he gave me uh, Peter McNabb's email address, and he was like, oh, my God. He was like, he, he would love to do this. Um, just be prepared to be talking hockey for a very long time because he'll just keep going and going and going. And I, and I sent an email to him, and I didn't know. I mean, it came out afterwards that he had the cancer diagnosis. So it never happened where he came on. I, you know, he never told me why it's not my business, but you know, you you look back and you're like, okay, that's why. And I never reached out to him again after that, because when I found that out, I'm like, all right, he has way more important things to worry about than this, you know, little podcast that we're doing here. So um, I never got a chance to speak with him or interview him, but, but like you're saying, it doesn't matter because you do feel connected to him in some way, just calling the Avalanche games since they moved. And you're right. He's just a part. He's as much a part of the Avalanche as Joe Sackick is, as Patrick Watt is. His name name your pick your Avalanche players. He's as much a part of them as any of those players. And yeah, man, it's just it's going to be be weird. Uh whoever takes his spot has got some massive fills that uh, shoes to fill. He's been part of the Avalanche longer than all the small things. Ball Arena. <laughs> Um, he's been through every Jersey combination. He started out McNichols and then went to Pepsi and then ball arena. He's been there through all of it. He's been there through before there was wall. He was there for that little period of time of avalanche history before wall was there. Like he's, he's been there this entire time and he will be missed in more ways than you even anticipated. Yes. It's, it's a gut punch. But you're really going to feel it that first game back at home against Nashville. Yeah. Uh, you just love, like, he, you know, you have your announcers who every announcer in in the, the league is, is like a homer. And, you know, and they get more excited when their home team scores than the opposing. Like, you get that. That, that's, that comes with the territory. Uh, but, you know, if a player on the opposing team would make just an insane move, he, he would get as excited to yeah. see that as any move Nathan McKinnon would do because he just has that love of the game. He just loves watching players make unbelievable plays. But at the same time, he's so he was so like calm, cool and collected whenever he would call a game. And like you said, when yeah. when when the season's when the regular season is over and it goes into the playoffs and all the games go towards the the you know, TNT like the the, the major networks, yeah, he moves over with Connor and does the radio broadcast. And there's video out there. He gets excited. I mean, you got Connor who's just going off the wall when awesome things happen. And there's Peter McNabb with just his hands in his pockets. He gives a fist pump every once in a while. It's, you know, it's, it's, he's, he's probably in turn as excited as Connor, but he just kept it 
professional and just he had a way about him that was I, I just love watching this game and the fact that I get to call it at the same time he's he was in heaven it seemed like I always equated his love for the game the same way that John Madden loved the game and he had no problem like picking out good things on both sides Pete approached the game the same way he had that love of the game where he could call out something good even if it wasn't avalanche and the thing that really struck me the most uh, being a fan of like the PHF and women's hockey and like trying to grow that hearing him perk up the most and almost like beam whenever they would have like the the women's night in ball arena and they're highlighting like women's hockey in the state of Colorado and hearing him go on and on and on and on like during plays and they'd have to like kind of stop him and he's like continuing to go on and on about what he's seeing <laughs> like his passion not just for the like the men's game the women's game like the youth game like the game of hockey is you could hear in his voice that's what drove him every uh, day i uh, i think the the three calls I'll, I'll remember most there's a lot of them uh but one is when one's not even a call it's just he says it all the time but one one was when the avalanche got into the playoffs following that horrific season uh and that empty netter by gabe landeskog uh his reaction to that his reaction to the Nazem Kadri goal in overtime yeah. uh, when nobody knew it went in. And, yeah. and again, Connor's like, did it go in? Did it go in? And he just, it did. It yeah. did go. Like, that is fantastic. And hearing him just say Moj, Moj. over and yeah. over again. It's like he's, you could tell like he says it just to give him a couple extra seconds to collect his thoughts. But him just saying Moj over and over is you're just, you're just going to miss those little intricacies that he brings to the game it's it's a big yeah, loss like, it's a big loss and it's and it's a big loss and like we bring up like the Moj line but you got to feel for everybody at altitude and everybody with the avalanche because he was like you could see the outpouring of support from the players themselves like he's a big part of so many people's lives and imagine like that's your co-worker day to day like yeah. that has to be that has to sting it really well, has he, he worked right up until the end i mean he, he was in the studio with katie uh, yep. for the first game uh, over in Finland. So working right up until the end and uh, what everybody is saying about him, are, are, are you surprised? So uh, it's just a, a big thank you to to Peter McNabb, wherever he may be, because it was fun listening to you and where we go from here uh, won't ever be the same. The next 25, 26 years will the night will not be like the first. Uh, so it was fun. It was definitely fun. Yeah. All right. Let's hear from Simply Safe and then uh, we will get to those uh, two games that were over in Finland. Uh, and like we said, the Avs needed to take four points and they got four points. So uh, first, <laughs> yeah, double check. Uh, <laughs> speaking of check. We did sound checks, which we will uh, show or not show. We'll, we'll tell which they were because those were fun doing some they were. Finland Finland bands. Uh, all right, but first, simply safe, and uh, you know what time of the year it is, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom. We are starting to buy Christmas presents, and those presents are a lot of them being delivered to your house, and people are on the prowl. And did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award winning security system 
so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. It's a great, great system. You always have your cameras at your fingertips and on your phone. I use it in my house. No lie about that. And uh, I, I actually like getting the notification that there is uh, somebody at my door because I can I can talk to them if I need to. So it's like, you know, if you're going to steal something, number one, I got you on camera and I can converse with you and I will play that game. All that it's, it's kind of fun. Nobody's done it yet, but <laughs> I, it's, it's almost like I want somebody to steal something from the front of my door because uh, I got you more ways than one. Have a so, conversation with them. Yes, awesome. yes, yes. Enjoy that, whatever that is at my door, because uh, I'm going to get it back and you're going to be in jail. Uh, so in an emergency 24-7 professional monitoring agents use fast protective technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Do not miss your chance to say big on the only security system that we recommend. It's 50% off. Any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There is no safe like Simply Safe. All right. So uh, we should have started the hashtag for in Finland or something like that because yeah. that, that's really, you know, how the Avalanche had been playing was up and down. Maybe it's the start of the year. Who the heck knows? Yeah, there's injuries going around, but uh, they weren't playing terrible at times they were. Uh, they were playing good at times. You wanted to see a more consistent avalanche team. Maybe it's because they were going up against uh, Columbus, who's one of the worst teams in the league at the moment. But it doesn't matter what the case is, the avalanche leave Finland with four big points. And for the most part, they played very well. They, they, they did. They had that little lapse where you got up again and you let them crawl back in. But uh, they just imposed their will and are just like, we're a better team than this team. Let's turn it back on again. Uh, and we'll get into stats and stuff like that. But you got it from you got it from depth players. Finally. Yeah. Finally, you got it from some depth players. So uh, I, I'm pleased with the two games. I take it with a little bit of grain of salt because it is Columbus. But it's not like you were flying high when you, you went into this series with them. So to take two games kind of in, in really good good and, and um i don't know the word for it but uh it, you just you handled the business that you needed yeah. to handle it, it going into it you you were hoping to at least split the split the series like especially I after that, dude. i didn't yeah. want it. I, I know what well, you mean by that but i i didn't know uh, when, when you're going up against a team that that's reeling as much as columbus is um and you know you can play better than what you've been playing this was set up perfectly for the abs to take two. They had to. yeah, and you know, like it was coming off that that New York back to back, and how terrible that went. Like New York, New Jersey, mm -hmm. how terrible that went. And like you're just justifying in your mind, like this could be fine if we win one, they win one, and we come home and it's okay, it'll be all right. But you steal both of them, and you don't just take both of them. You win the first one after you know you let them come back, but then you overcame and you won that game. Okay. And then the second game, the depth wakes up and you get it from players that you don't anticipate. Um, mm -hmm. And that was a more commanding win to the point that they started to believe in themselves and they were kind of toying and changing and manipulating in game with how they played the game. And 
to see them have that confidence again was I think the most exciting thing of the two days was yeah. seeing play with confidence where they were toying with how they're setting up offensively, how they're passing and the shots they were taking and who was taking the shots. It was infectious. And you hope they also check that luggage with them and they're bringing it back to ball arena with them against the predators because I loved how we finished that second game. Uh, to me, the, my favorite moment was, you know, Miko Rantanen get, getting yeah. a hat trick yeah. plus an assist. Yeah. You know, those are just stories that write themselves, you know, and, and it's it's one of the most difficult things to do uh, is get a hat trick in any game. So, you know, this one to me is going to stick in my memory as, as what a moment. Maybe the Nazem Kadri hat trick. Yeah. Uh, against St. Louis with, with you know, how they were treating him. The fans were treating him, and then he goes out and lays a hat trick. That was epic. Yeah. This is just, uh, you know, you're playing in your in your home country. This is not like just going back to Canada. If he was from Canada, and do, yeah. you get multiple chances to do that. Um, this is, you know, that that was just a, an epic moment, if you ask me. And and even Arturi Lekkinen got into the mix. I don't think he scored in the first game, right? Um, I don't think so. No he, he, no, he was just in the second game. But he got the first goal in the second game. So even then you were like, oh, man. So Miko ranted in with a hat trick in game one. Lekkinen starts game two with a goal. How epic would that have been yeah. if both guys uh, for the Avalanche who, who were from Finland got hat tricks? But, uh, no, that, that, that was a moment, I think, at the end of the year we're talking about you know, best moments of the season, that's going to be up there because that was pretty special. And it's continuing to build on Miko's just ridiculous start to the season. He's playing so well. He and really like he is. didn't get lost in that moment. Like you mentioned, like this isn't all the time you get to go home and play in front of your home crowd. And like mm. the moment didn't get to him. He didn't lose his production. He only amplified it. So this could be like a brand new Miko Rantanen that we were asking. Everybody was asking for score, score, score in the playoffs. Well, guess what? There was a little bit of a delay in that request, <laughs> but he heard you, and now he's scoring at will. And this is something we really need with the absence of, you know, the injuries that the Avalanche have right now, uh -huh. like to rely on Miko Rantanen, where Nathan McKinnon doesn't have to do so much and we're still able to win games. This yeah. is going to be really good going into this next stretch. So in, in game one, uh, the home game for the Avalanche, uh, it was like penalty city. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, penalties all over the place. Uh, and, and even I think that was the one where Nathan McKinnon took a, an extra penalty uh, for where it go here. He had that was that the first. Yeah. <laughs> I love how they word it. It's so bad. Like. So he's got a cross check. Okay. And then uh, he's got another two. And they the way they were abuse of officials. I don't know. It was, it was, I, he gets feisty, you know what I mean? And sometimes to his detriment. And this time, I don't know if they just weren't going to take it, but because uh, they were in another country and they didn't want to look embarrassed in front of uh, another country's fans or something like that. I, I didn't think it was all that bad. I can almost guarantee you there's worse things said on a nightly basis to officials that they let go. I've seen that. this call a couple times, not just in the NHL, but also the minor leagues here lately. Um, minor this leagues, is, I can see, though. I can almost understand why they do it in the minor leagues more than the pros. I, I don't know if there's been an enhanced um, like 
kind of clarification on this or justification of the call, but I have seen this call a lot more mm. here recently. Yeah. So for the Avs, they had five power plays and scored on two of them. Uh, the Blue Jackets had seven and only scored on one. So that's helping the Avs penalty kill percentages, which has gotten better. Yeah. If you remove the first maybe couple weeks of the season, uh, the Avs penalty kill is kind of at probably the level it will be for most. It's going to you know ebb and flow, which most power plays and penalty penalty kills do. But it, it's been it's weird. Like it's been better in terms of they are are killing penalties or they're not allowing goals on on penalties. But it's still like the the opposing teams are getting opportunities. Um, but the opportunities are, are are a little bit more difficult. They're not like high danger shots, and you're getting really good goaltending yep. out of your gift. So it's a little bit combination of the two. I'd still like them to see like clamp down a little bit more in like the neutral zone. Uh, they still let teams just walk into the zone and then set up their offense while they set up their defense. I don't like that stuff, but I don't think that's going to change. I feel like that's the way the Avalanche kill penalties, and they're just going to rely on being in good position and not giving the opposite team like uh, a high danger shot and rely on positioning and your goalie play. And you're kind and of playing with fire a little bit when you do that. But so far it's, it's working a little bit better than it was in the beginning of the season. And it's nice to see like in game one, um, that, that faceoff number was at like 36.8%. So like they, they had, it, it proved it was almost like a, just like a hair over 50% in the second game, but it was 57% like, in the second game, actually. Yeah. Well, 57 it's, to 43. Yeah. So you you see the penalty kill start to get ironed out a little bit, still kind of discombobulated. But if they can address both that and the faceoff going forward, you have to feel good about that being the baseline. Because mm-hmm. like you mentioned, like this is how the penalty kill might be for the rest of the year. If it at least to my eyes looks a little bit better. I think I might be all right, but yeah. like you could still see where that would break in a heartbeat if it was anybody other than Columbus. Yeah. Um, so you had, let me get to uh, game one, you know, you, you had McKinnon four assists in that game, ranted in with the, the hat trick and the assists of four points for both of them. Uh, Taves with two assists. Kale McCarr gets his first goal of the season in that first game, along with an assist for him. And then in game two, uh, Devontae's was like, well, if he's going to get his first goal of the season, I need my first goal of the season. So he gets his in the second game. Uh, and then Nathan McKinnon with three more assists. So he didn't score a goal, but he had seven assists in those two games. Uh, and this is more of the assist machine that he was at the beginning of last year. Uh, and Kale McCarr, three assists in the second game. So fine. You're getting all of you know what the 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 top line and your top defensive pairing continue to play the, the way that, that they have been playing, which is fantastic. But, and this is big, you got goals from Logan O'Connor, JT Comfer, uh, and that was in the first game. In the second game, Martin Kaut, Logan O'Connor again, and Alex Newhook got his second. So maybe this is is just the jump start that this team needed and these depth players needed to at least start putting up some production because man the the count one was 
it's funny because the the Miko Rantanen one where he held on to the puck and he just had just no angle, but he roofed it somehow. It shows you like the skill level because Martin Cow had something similar and he just banked it off the defender from the club. Hey, a goal is a goal. That's and, right. you know, the way Martin Cow has been playing, he'll take it any way he can get it. Uh, but you, you had to feel good for him for, for getting uh, his first goal. And like I said, the two for O'Connor and Alex Newhook getting another goal too. You hope, you know, you, you, you want to beat these teams. And it's also good for maybe like a launching point or jumping off point for some of those guys that are struggling a little bit to get the juices flowing. Could you just imagine if they would have put LOC on that second line? No, but no, <laughs> to, to see LOC like really starting to come into his own, it's good. Um, the team is really good when LOC is clicking. So to see him finally get it going, that's great. New hook. It's about time, my friend. Like, mm. hopefully this is the first of many more to come. Like, it's about time. Let's go. Uh, let's build on this count. An ugly goal. You get on the board. I wouldn't say it was. I don't. I don't know. Ugly. Uh, I don't know. It was, it's, it was, it's ugly, a, it it's was like an excuse me goal. Like yeah, it's it, a Disney Channel original movie goal. I'll like say this: just, it, it was a smart play. You know it what I mean? was. It, it wasn't just like I'm just going to fire this on and see what happens. Like I think he, that was his intent. His intent was try to bank it off a, a defender, so it worked. If. If this is the beginning now, I know he got sent down to uh, Loveland. Um, if he does rejoin the Avs when which he should play Nashville, probably just yeah. cap stuff. But yeah, if he rejoins in Nashville, what better team to get more scrappy goals than Nashville? Hmm. That's that's that team is made for that. So if this is another spot that like Cal could start building on. That will be great. I'm not rooting for any Avalanche players to do terrible. No, exactly. So if this is if this is yeah. your if this is your area, if this is what you could do, then keep doing it. Don't get me excited for one goal and then have to wait till December 14th before we say, hey, count yeah. with goal number two. We got to keep building. Yeah. Uh and Newhook uh the had the goal in the second, but he also had an assist in the first game. So uh, you know, two games, two points for him. Uh, you just you, you want to see that kid get going, and maybe yeah. you know he's got all the skill in the world. So maybe this is it. Maybe this is it for him. Um, go ahead. If you're gonna say something. No, yeah, that everything we saw in Finland, I want to see it capitalized and built upon when they come home to Ball Arena. Um, bring, I don't want to see. With you. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to see jet lag in the production. And then it's the same old, same old, and it's just the top line. Like, I yeah. would love to keep get excited that this is the beginning, not just something that happened. Right. Um, and, you know, finally, before we do our uh, – well, and we'll end the show with the sound check today. But um, got to talk about Georgiev. Kind of a little bit of surprise that he, he played both games. Yeah. You don't typically yeah. see uh, – you know, it, it happens. Yeah. Players will do it. But it, it, I think it happens more when in the first game – the goalie isn't challenged that much. Maybe he takes like 15 to 20 shots. Uh, he's not really back there, you know, working his butt off. But he saw 39 shots in the first game. Yeah. So, and it was a tough game. The Avs, you know, blew the lead where at least the 3-0 lead where Columbus came back to tie it. So he had to work. 
it wasn't just this uh, leisurely game for him. So I don't think anybody really anticipated seeing him in game two, and he thought it would definitely go. We always talk, we sing the praises of Francois and how you know a serviceable backup that he is. For whatever reason, decided not to do it. And, he and had, game two was better than game one for, for and like of. he had thirty nine in game one, thirty two the day after, mm. and only gave up four goals over two games. So, like this is what we want out of our avalanche goalie. This is, this is perfect. And he stood up to them coming back and held on. Like I, it's going to be at the point, like I would love to sing his praises now, but I want to save some of that for the rest of the season. Cause I feel like this is going to be a night in night out. This is going to be the goalie that steals us games. Yeah. I was, I was surprised. Um, And then he gives up the goal in the second game, right in the first and I'm not saying like I was going to, uh, I was having like, ah, maybe this, this could go south. Like if Columbus gets on a roll here, but he just shut the door on him. And the goal that, that Columbus got was on the power play, which he seems, I know he's given up some even strength goals, but he's given up far more goals on, on the, uh, when the opposing teams on the power play, which makes sense because the power play in the beginning for the Avs hasn't been that great, but five on five, he's been fantastic this year. And you have a confidence in him when he's back there. You believe that he is going to bail you out yeah. if something falls apart. And I really feel good with Yorgio back there. I, I agree, man. I definitely agree. So, um, yeah, overall, just a, a really good trip to to Finland. Uh, I'm not going to say the Avs will make that their home, but uh, they have to come back home to, to Denver and continue the season. But there's so many positives you can take out of that game, save for that, you know, the little slip up where they let Columbus back in the game, but it's good. You like to see them rebound and just say like, all right, let's amp it up again and just take the lead. So, so many good things you can pull out of that to bring home with you from a team standpoint, from, you know, power plays and penalty, more, more or less penalty kills uh, from individual players. So many things that you can just, let's just keep riding that wave. Um, and, you know, like we say this a lot, like when, when, when if a batter in baseball is struggling, they just lay down a bunt. I'm not saying Columbus is a bunt, but yep. I'm just saying like you, you, you played a team that you should have done this to. Yeah. And you did. So I, I, I have good thoughts coming back from that because of you handled business completely the way you're supposed to handle it. Yep. Yeah. And in a, in a not usual NHL environment, a lot of narratives were started in Finland. Now you got to bring it home and start building on it. Right. So uh, typically we start our uh, third segment. We'll end the show today because there's two sound checks that we had for these two games. And we focused it on bands specifically from Finland. And uh, if you're listening for the first time, Kyle and I, after every game, pick songs that we feel best summarize the most recent game. Uh, these songs get added to a playlist on Spotify. Just search for LOA Soundcheck. This is volume two. Last year was volume one. Um, so we got two songs each from Finnish bands. And this was fun kind of looking it up was. like some some bands that you that you know. And you're like, I didn't know that they were from Finland. But uh, especially one that you had, which I had no idea. So throw your two out. What do you got? The first one, game one, I threw out Lordy. Uh, my heaven is your hell, which they're like, I didn't know. I mean, I, I've, I heard of them. I did not know they were from Finland and they got their start over there in like their version of America's got talent. 
Like that's how they got right. Yeah. And like, it was because they were like this kind of kiss kind of like real metal. And it was just like, their songs are kind of like gorish where it's like Mm -hmm. tongue in cheek, kind of like horror humor, but their songs are really, really good. And that's where they got their start and, uh, over there in finland so overseas like uh music like music from like sweden and like finland and Norway, like those like still on the the top of the charts over there are still like rock and metal it's none of this garbage stuff that we got going on over here uh that that's pretty cool though that that's where they got their start was on was it America's Got Talent or American Idol? It's, or something? it's it was like whatever it, it is, whatever their version is. I cannot remember the name of it, but it's it's one of those little on television uh, talent shows, and that's where they got their start. Oh, that's so good! Uh, and then after the second game, what'd you have for that? Oh, I got Wings <laughs> of a Butterfly. Yeah, from him. Um, <laughs> I was that kid. I had the Feeble Bam like element hat like to the side. I was that kid <laughs> in high school, and. Yeah. When I saw that him was uh, from Finland, I was like, I had no clue, man. No that, clue. That was my jam in high and, school. Yeah, I remember that song. Like, what year did that song come out? Six, oh seven. The album says two thousand five, and I remember that's right around when I when I first started subscribing to Sirius. Yeah. That song was on Octane all the time, and I can still see my original uh, Sirius whatever you know it, it wasn't yep. in dash at the time it had to be like an external thing they had to like plug in and i just i can see it now that orange and black readout with uh him wings of a butterfly on on octane i yeah the, you I, brought that one back man i i used to listen to that song on my <coughs> psp with earbuds while wearing my skater hat while skateboarding oh, drinking Red Bull. that the encapsulation of like, unless you live hardcore that's right it's such like a like this beautiful song with the the chorus of rip out the wings of a butterfly. It's like, it's so, it messes with your head. Yeah. Uh, great, great picks. I for the first game after Miko's hat trick and four point game, uh, I went with with maybe one of the biggest bands in Finland, which is Nightwish. Yes. Uh, and the song is the greatest show on earth because that night Miko was the greatest show yep. on the planet Earth. Um, so I went with that. That's a 24 minute song, by the way. So if you, uh, if you want to listen to that one, I don't know if you have a long car ride. Uh, that's when you're going to want to listen to that one because or else I'm going to break it up into sections. That, that, that's a, that's an epic song right there. Um, and then so good. And then my, uh, second game, and this was not planned, but you did the wings of the butterfly and I did apocalyptica. Uh, who I didn't really know was from Finland. I didn't either. Yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, But they have this this four-song EP out where they do classical song, like they do Beethoven's Fifth in Apocalyptica style. But I did. they have one of Flight of the Bumblebee, (laughs) which is great. And that was kind of like, well, the abs were literally all over the ice. Yeah, They were like bumblebees just flying all over the ice uh, in, in that second game. And, you know, I went with like when you put up the butterfly one. I'm like, well, that's Muhammad Ali right there. Yep, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Boom, LOA, sound check. Subscribe, done. perfect. Th- those are four good ones right there, man. That, that's our that's some of our finest work right there. If you ask me, I think so. I think I, so. I like it. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that. So, um, all right, everybody. So we have what, what what's our next game? Wednesday or Tuesday? 
Right. Let's see. I have uh, a... November 10th against Nashville. So what, what is the 10th? That's uh that's five day. Is that that's Thursday? Thursday is your next game? That can't be. Are you kidding me? I wish oh I was my god. Yeah, no, you're right. Oh my god. Like love you, Finland, but uh I don't want to do this next year because <laughs> you're getting two games in like two weeks. Uh God, but it, it, but it was it was fun. It was fun. Even even with all of this weight, we have played two more games in St. Louis. That's crazy. I something's gotta go. I'm gonna put in my application for NHL scheduling because I gotta be doing I could probably do a better job than what's going on right now. I don't understand that. Don't understand that, but it is what it is. So um, all right, everybody. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode and maybe tuned in to obviously you're gonna hear about the Peter McNabb stuff, but to uh, also hear about the games and uh maybe because everybody's feeling down. You know, we're recording this a couple hours after we found out. So um, it was good to talk about them. It was good to talk about the Avalanche trip to Finland. Um, it, it's going to it's gonna have a different feel from here on out. So uh, a one last uh, big thank you to Ms. Peter Mc, Peter, Mr. Peter McNabb for everything that he has done for the Avalanche yep. since they moved to Denver. Uh, it was a heck of a ride. You and I have been there since day one since they moved there. So... Uh, it is. It's sad, but uh, it's happy that we were alive at a time where we got to listen to Peter McNabb. Yep. So, all right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Um, we really appreciate it making your, this your first listen of the day. And we will be back tomorrow with anything new going on in Avalanche land. For Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan, I'm Chris Maselli. This is the Locked On Avalanche podcast. Have a good day, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow. Go, Abs, go!